On today's episode, find out if ChatGPT is positive or negative for the classroom, how can ISTE standards be used to transform education, and a game of EdTech catchphrase. Welcome everybody to another episode of EdTech Bites. Mike Sassir, Kelly Perderi, and Kim Lantrip here back with you and ready to dive into everything related to the world of education and educational technology. Follow us on Twitter at DCPS EdTechBytes to join the conversation. Kelly and Kim, how have you guys been doing since our last recording? I know we had a holiday season, come and go, and New Year's to celebrate. So do you guys have any big New Year's resolutions this year? Um, I don't know if I would say it's big, but um, mine is to follow through with ideas. So I tend okay. to have a lot of ideas and then I never do anything with them. <laughs> so uh, try to do better at following through instead of just, oh, mm, maybe do it later. That's a great idea. Say it for later. So just to piggyback off that, do you have, so that is an idea that you had. How are you following through with this idea to follow through? I don't, with have, that idea? I don't have a plan for that. That yet. seems like you're got off to a bad start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe like jot down some notes, post-its. I don't know. Checklists. I have a lot of those. Oh, okay. All right. Yep, and put it into action. Yeah, there you go. Well, for me, mine's kind of, you know, what everybody says, but I'm trying to focus more on getting healthier and eating better. Um, I actually started going to the gym back in October. So I didn't really just start in January, like a lot of people after the holiday season. But my goal is to work out at least three to four times a week. So pretty ambitious goal. But I've been able to make it happen so far. So, you know, fingers crossed as we move forward. I'm ready for all of... The people that are just going to the gym nonstop in January to die down just yeah, a little bit yeah, because it tough. is very crowded. But yeah. yeah, that's my goal. What about you? Those are good. I feel like the working out part is is very common. The dieting is also a big one. And that's mine. It's not like I don't eat, I eat poorly, but I want to stop eating so late at night. I mm-hmm. find myself because I like to stay up and watch shows. Mm-hmm. So I find myself just snacking, you know, just like wanting to get another bag of chips or something. So my goal is to not eat after nine o'clock. That's very hard too. It Super really hard. Is. Yeah, I, know. I brush my teeth at eight, so that forces me because I don't want to have to brush my teeth again. So that forces me to cut out all like sweet things, and yeah. snacks and drinks. I was looking at ways. Bad. Yeah, I was looking at ways to do this, and that was the number one: is like brush your teeth early because yep. you're not going to want to eat after that, and it reduces your craving. So that's that's mine. <laughs> but we have an awesome episode for you to kick off season two of Ed Tech Bites. If this is your first time joining us. What we like to do is break down our episodes into three segments. We have an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. And for today's appetizer, we're going to be discussing the pros and cons of the AI that's been the talk of a lot of educational circles called ChatGPT. Next in our main course, we're going to be introducing our season two theme, which is the SD student standards and their impact on education. And finally, we're going to finish off with the dessert. And Kim is going to be hosting a game of EdTech catchphrase. But for now, let's jump right into the appetizer. All right, so for our appetizer, we're going to just have a little discussion about this new wave of AI. And there's a lot of different AI that's coming out right now, which it's really a big trend in technology. Um, But this is called ChatGPT, which stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. So (laughs) that's what it means. I I didn't know that until I looked it up because what would GPT stand for besides, of course, that? (laughs) <laughs> I have heard GPT used in other AI as well. So not just chat, but maybe like mm-hmm. open or other mm-hmm. words to start with. 
But if it, essentially, it's artificial intelligence that can generate human-like responses based on a given prompt. And so I actually went on to their website as I was beginning to do my research. And so I grabbed a little blurb, which I think really explains it in a good way. Um, and from their website, it says, we've trained a model called ChatGPT, which interacts in a conversational way, similar to what you just said. The dialogue format makes it possible for ChatGPT to answer follow-up questions, admit mistakes, challenge incorrect premises, and reject inappropriate requests. <laughs> and it actually says that it's a sibling model to something called Instruct GPT, which is also mm -hmm. another GPT, as you were saying, which is trained to follow an instruction in a prompt and provide a very detailed response. So there's a lot going on around this chat GPT, and we can see a lot of pros. And I'm sure there are some cons that people might be feeling about um, when it comes to implementing this within education. So there's just a lot of different things it can do. Essays, lesson plans. I know you said your husband was doing rubrics. Yeah, my husband, uses it. my husband's been using it for to create rubrics for lesson plans. But I think the most immediate thing that came out from it is fear from mm -hmm. educators. Um, kind of immediately like, okay, well, how are students going to cheat with this? Because it will, right? Like you just said, it will write you a nice little essay, mm -hmm. um, although it might not align with the um, format you might teach your children to use or your students to use. It still writes out the content pretty nicely, uh, does a really good job. So the reaction has been a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. The reaction has been like it was, I guess, so many years ago in one article that I read with Google to immediately block it. How can we keep kids from using it? It's crazy that like back at certain points, they blocked Google. Right. Just thinking about it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like obviously second nature to just Google something. And even in classrooms, I would say to kids like, oh, I don't know, just Google it. Like it's like a natural prompt for kids to do something. And you wonder if like that's going to be the future with AI. You know, like yeah. just just look it up, like chat GPT it. Right. And just like the internet did not go away and it was so scary in the beginning, mm -hmm. I feel like this is just the very beginning of this. It's going So we as educators have to learn a way to incorporate this into lessons in an engaging and useful way. And it's going to take a lot of working with the kids to establish rules and routines mm -hmm. or maybe taking what it can do and having the kids revise it or put it into the format that you want just to right. give them a starting off point. And it makes me kind of think about those kids with, accessibility issues that maybe can't write it out right away. It might help them kind of get a head start on yeah, this. Generate some ideas and then how do you improve upon them? Yeah, I will say we're not AI experts by any means. All right. This is my <laughs> this is really my first uh engaging with an AI presence. Like I really mm -hmm. never have a, ever encountered it before. So in doing that, there is fear because you're like, what if I type in something wrong or you know, what if I get something that's inappropriate? So there is fear associated with it, but it's really just about like, like anything that's new. If you just figure out and learn from it, you kind of can figure out how to use it a little bit better. Right. Um, and I think if we teach that to our kids and not be afraid of the technology that's new, but kind of figure out new ways to use it for our classroom that fits best, then I think it could be a big benefit. Obviously, there's cons, like you mentioned, but there's a, certainly a lot of pros. So that's what I want to talk about. Like, what are some of the biggest pros you see coming from this sort of technology and what might be some of the biggest cons that we see in the classroom? I think one of the biggest pros is being AI isn't going away, yeah. right? And our students are definitely going to be interacting with it when they get older. Like one article I read was talking about eventually doctors are going mm. to be interacting strictly with AI. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. AI is going to be making the diagnosis and then the doctor has to be knowledgeable to sift through what the AI says 
see if it's accurate and then move forward with the patient and uh, be the one to talk to the patient instead of having, you know, this robotic entity do the talking for them. So if we have the opportunity to, again, prepare our students for the world they are going to end up in by introducing them to these tools now early on and going through kind of the in some ways, digital citizenship and how to interact with them properly and utilize them as tools and not just a method for cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, we spent all last season of our podcast talking about 21 CLD skills and how do we make sure our kids are prepared using these skills. And really, AI is another one of those technology skills that we're going to have to get used to working with and getting our students used to using as a skill um, to better be prepared for the world that's coming for them. Really, that's right. the world that mm-hmm. we're living in now. Right. Like know? how to generate the proper question to get what you want the AI to do for you. Exactly. How to then sift through for bias and right. inaccuracies. Yeah. Some of the things that maybe educators should start to think about as they're getting ready to maybe implement this, um, thinking about talking with students about that academic integrity, thinking about how you can redesign your assignments to incorporate this piece of technology now into it, and telling kids to encourage that risk-taking and that productive struggle and how to learn from failure. If it doesn't give you what you want, how can you then just take what you have and work forward from that? So a lot of different things that educators can start to think about as they're getting ready when we're ready to push this out into the classroom. Yeah, one of the things that I thought of as a pro was for teachers who teach, you know, in very inclusive classrooms, as we all are doing right now, you have a lot of different learners. You have learners of all different skill sets. So you can actually customize activities. You can have ChatGPT kind of spit out an activity for you in your classroom. Then you can say, okay, now I want you this activity again, but maybe for a different type of learner. So you can maybe do this for stations. Mm -hmm. You can do this for rotation activities. That's a quick way I think teachers can use it. Um, Definitely creating assessments. Um, varying assessments. I know for me, I was kind of stuck in a rut a little bit using kind of the same assessments every year. Right. Uh And generating new questions is always Mm -hmm. a a strong element of this AI technology because it pulls from all these different resources on the internet that maybe you haven't seen before. And then I think for students, really it's, it's endless possibilities for students. It's just a matter about harnessing what it is that it does. Right. I saw a couple things, um, just examples of ways it was being used or could be used, um, generating different prompts and having kids compare and contrast them. What made it different? Why is it? How were they similar based on your wording? And then one that I thought was really fun was asking the chat to design a board game or an invention related to whatever your content mm. is in your classroom, but then having the kids build either a physical or a digital model of that. That's and I thought cool. that would be such a fun activity to do, whether they do it in Minecraft or you give them all kinds of of materials and they build build a physical model or even draw it out. Like I just thought that would be such a fun activity that I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. that's that's sweet. Or even just like a quick study buddy. Like, hey, ask me 10 questions on this topic. Right. Because we know like our textbook only has the same 10 questions for all time. And it's just a nice thing to have some something there to be like, okay, this is what I think the answers are. Are these correct? Yes or no? Real easy. Yeah. Not, like the have, pulling out in doing something like in the physical world, one of the, I saw this video by John Spencer and he was addressing the chat GPT. And he said that one of his solutions to the AI revolution is to do something which he's calling vintage innovation, which is like using technology, but then applying it in the real world. And one of the examples that he gave was doing a Socratic seminar. 
as you're having a live conversation. Um, but students oftentimes have trouble coming up with open-ended questions mm -hmm. and what you need for a Socratic seminar because yes and no questions don't drive discussion. And so he said having students use ChatGPT to come up with their questions and then they go into the live seminar and have to discuss it using their own thoughts and ideas. So just like some really cool ideas and there are some other ones to have them generate an idea to build something and then the students actually do the physical building or do a 3D model of it on their own. Think about some of those kids that might have anxiety about coming up with their own questions. You know, that would give them something to start with, but it's not taking away from the lesson right. because they're still going to be engaging in that conversation and learning and debating. Mm -hmm. But it will take away some of that fear of, oh, is my question not going to be good enough or what should I do? You know, so I think that's all really beneficial. One thing that I did find, which I think is important to note, is um, in I read the privacy notes yeah. for chat GPT. And it did say that the tool should not be used by children under 13 because it can, it will violate the children's online privacy protection act. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to know. And just like a lot of other platforms that we use, like Wakelet, for example, kids under 13 can't have their own sure. accounts. It all falls under that same umbrella. Right. But I think that's really important for educators to know that there are little caveats like that. And it also does say that it collects data directly from chat GPT and the policy states that this data can be shared with third-party vendors. So just having that awareness of what you're putting out there, right. questions you're asking, projects you're doing, just to understand the privacy concerns around it with your students. Not saying that's a good or bad thing. It's just an awareness thing to know what right. you're doing. Because as of right now, you have to, you have to sign it. You have to sign up and log in to be able to utilize it. It's not like a freely open like Google is. You can just do a search and not mm -hmm. log in at all. And maybe that's where it will go, but yeah. as of right now, right. as the AI is still becoming stronger, <laughs> I don't know another word, learning, right. you know, it's becoming um, a larger database. And, you know, I think Kim kind of touched on, it is sort of a con when you think of, you know, age limits, mm -hmm. but there are some cons. We're not, we don't want to overlook those negative things because this is a new technology. It is powerful. Your kids can cheat the system a bit if you are using, you know, basic assessments and, you know, basic questioning, they're going to be able to find answers to those things right. pretty easily now if they are using this technology. So, you know, there is plagiarism that is involved in the con. But um, I think Kim mentioned they're they're starting to figure out ways to figure out if things have been written by chat GPT, mm -hmm. just like um, a program like Turnitin, which, you know, if you've used if you've used Turnitin before, um, students upload a document and then turned in scans that document for all sources on the internet to see what is directly taken from a source or what is closely related to a source. Then it gives actual score based on, you know, the plagiarism score. Um, and there's something like that for chat GPT, but it's in development. So, yeah, I'll tell a little bit about that. There was someone named Edward Tian, Tian, I'm not sure how to say his name, but he's actually a student at Princeton and he developed his own app and it's called GPT zero. And what it basically does is it, whatever students write, you can enter it into this app and it will tell you if it was generated by AI. And it was kind of funny because he was just playing around with it, put it out there. Well, there were so many people that were trying it out that it completely crashed the site because <laughs> the server 
server that he was hosting it on wasn't capable of having huge amounts of people. So there's things like that that are still um, in development because that is a big concern, I'm sure, for teachers, mm -hmm. plagiarizing and having kids just take the quick route out. Same kind of thing that happens with like Google Translate, right, you know, right. when kids are writing and I speak for my own child, <laughs> I had to shut him down with Google Translate when he was in Spanish one and two because it is so easy to just type it yeah, all out. Yeah. So, you know, just talking to them again goes back to that academic integrity and making sure that they're, you know, doing what they need to do. And I think with all this, it comes back to, Let's make sure we're using these technologies to supplement rather than to replace. Right. Yes. Because the learning, it, this is a part of the overall learning, but it isn't the end all be all mm -hmm. of the learning. That's where the teacher comes in. That's where relationships with your students comes in. So we have to make sure we're teaching these kids how to use these technologies, how to be safe with using them, but also how to recognize what is good and what is bad right. um, so that we can move forward and still be the quality teachers that we know we are. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, with all that out of the way, let's move into our first main course of the new season. We're starting off our season two of EdTech Bytes with a new season theme that's centered around the ISTE student standards. And for those that don't know, because I certainly didn't know before I started this new job, ISTE stands for International Society for Technology and Education. And it's a nonprofit organization. It was founded in 1979 by a guy named David Morsund. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. And a group of K-12 and University of Oregon teachers. Now, according to ISTE.org, they describe their standards as a comprehensive roadmap for the effective use of technology in schools worldwide to create high-impact, sustainable, scalable, and equitable learning experiences for all learners. That's a heavy statement. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot that goes into all those different words, which you you could spend you know hours breaking down each one of those and how ISTE does or does not actually fit the bill. But they do have seven domains for student standards, and that's what we're going to focus on for our season theme is the student standards, because you know in education we're we're moving more towards what the students are doing and and producing rather than what the teacher is doing and producing for the students. So that's what we want to focus on. So the seven domains are as following: the first one is empowered learner. Second one is digital citizen. Third, knowledge constructor. Fourth, innovative designer. Fifth, computational thinker. Sixth, creative communicator. And seventh, global collaborator. So we'll follow that as we go through each episode of the podcast, um, touching on each of those domains and then diving into each one to kind of explain the impact that it has on our classrooms. And I think it's important to note that for a the purpose of our podcast, as Mike said, we're focusing on the student standards, but there actually are standards for educators, for coaches, for education leaders, and also for computational thinking. So there's really standards out there for whatever aspect of education you are working with. Um, and I do want to point out, we did in our county adopt the ISTE standards in 2018, and they currently have been adopted in some capacity in all 50 states and also in many countries all around the world. So it's really a widespread adoption of these standards that basically show us how we can start incorporating more technology into the classroom in really meaningful, engaging ways. So just like we have our content standards, these are the standards for how to begin to incorporate that technology into the lessons. Right. Like we, in our first season, we went through the 21st century learning design, and that's really focused on skills. But these, the ISTE standards allow us to have these like 
kind of measurable, achievable goals to incorporate right into our lesson plans, which makes it nice. And it kind of provides kind of a nice justification for using technology because sometimes, whether we like it or not, sometimes teachers get some pushback a little bit when they're doing things in a little bit different way, using mm -hmm. technology with different ages of students. Is it appropriate? Is it necessary? And these standards, having them kind of allows us to have this, yes, it is purposeful, it is relevant, it is necessary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if uh, more schools, especially even in our district, you know, thinking back when I was a teacher, I didn't have to put the ISTE standard that I was focusing on. I just had to put the U.S. history standard I was focusing. But if we have more, you know, administrators say, OK, are you thinking about what ISTE standard, which one of these are the students going to be working on? Are, are they going to is this going to make them more of an empowered learner mm -hmm. or is this going to make them more of a computational thinker? I think if we got some push into the classrooms and thought more about these things, we might see or, or prepare learners for a, a new type of student-centered process in the classroom because it does force you to think differently about the way your lessons are constructed. It, it's less about what is the content and more about what is the student getting out of the lesson? What are they actually going to take with them home and become a different type of learner? Right, and it focuses a little bit on the long term. Yeah, like exactly. How do what they're learning today, how is that going to impact them in the future? How do they take the concepts they're learning now and apply them into their home life, into right. the world outside of the classroom? And that's the connection. Yeah. That's the connection right. with 21 CLD that we were we kept going back to is like, it's not all about the content, even though that is what divides the classrooms up and your, your schedule up. But it's about how are we impacting these students for the long term when mm -hmm. the content we know that can be found on Google. Right. And chat GPT. <laughs> but what are the skills they're going to be taking with them? And ISTE is another way to get our kids prepared for that new future that they're inevitably going to see in all of their careers. Mm -hmm. And I think just like we spoke about with 21st CLD, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing right now. You know, if, if as educators, if we're purposeful about, OK, you know what, I'm going to start with the empowered learner and work on setting goals just start small and try to be purposeful about putting that into your lessons and then slowly add more as you go. So that'll kind of be a focus too on some ways you can do that as we move forward with this season. And I think it allows us to look at integrating technology in a little bit more of a focused way, the same way we look at integrating our content knowledge. We have, we don't teach all the standards at the same time. Right. Right. We focus on, you know, individual standards as we go along. Sometimes you start to incorporate multiple standards, especially in ELA, you have like there are a lot of overarching standards so they can all kind of be taught or used in one lesson. And we can do that with the ISTE standards, but it allows teachers the flexibility to really zone in on one in each lesson. So you mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to do all of these different things in one lesson or one unit. You can kind of pick and choose what will be most meaningful for the purpose of a specific lesson. Yeah, and these standards are practical standards. They're mm -hmm. not like they're not like, oh, they're gonna use this huge piece of technology for this class. They're they're practical for whatever class you're teaching in. You can you know, incorporate some level of technology to kind of hit one of these seven domains. One thing that pops into my head too with this is coming from a content specialist background, every grade level has their own sets of standards. So something that's really cool about the ISTE standards is the standards are the same regardless of grade level. So right. we start early pre-K, kindergarten, starting to incorporate these standards in. Think about where they're going to be when they get to middle school and high school and all the amazing things you can do and the tools you can put in there. Because the standards are really one set of standards for all students.
And I was just struck by how fast technology is moving. And really thinking about these ISTE standards, they started, you know, I, I mentioned in 1979, but really the first kind of standards were put in place in 98. And then they were revamped in 2007 and then revamped again in 2015. And think about those milestones in terms of the year we were in. Like 98 was like, the internet is like a massive thing. Maybe people are scared of it, but like, how are we going to use this in our classroom? Kids mm -hmm. are going to know all the information. And then in 2007, it was like, okay, now we have computer labs. So now we got we to gotta get better at teaching computer skills. Like, how do we use these applications a little bit? You know, how do we make sure that kids are learning through computers? 2015, it's like we're almost, you know, mobile devices and we're more one-to-one. -one. And that's when we're getting them rewritten again for, for now, which is we're in 2023 already. And it seems like every five years, mm -hmm. we're talking about AI now. So like every five years, we're, we're getting something brand new to this landscape of technology. And that's what makes ISTE standards so important is that they are revolved around things that continuously change. So we need to get our students prepared for this future. And if we're just teaching the content, we're not doing our students the right service as a as an education system now especially when the content hasn't really changed in how many years i know and we know education <laughs> yeah. moves super slowly yeah in terms of its changes yeah. so it's nice to see that isti is adopting you know every couple of years to the changes that we see around us just makes me laugh because as you're talking about the different dates i was thinking back because i graduated college in 1999 so my very first year of teaching was 1999 <laughs> and so i'm trying to imagine what those standards were like with my overhead projector and my screen <laughs> that just down from the wall you know so thinking about the technology that i had at that time and what those standards would have looked like versus now yeah, yeah. where we are just kind of made me laugh as you were talking about that i mean to think the iphone was released 16 years ago that's it. 16 years ago. That's not that long ago. And now every person you know has a phone. Right. It might not be an iPhone, but it's because of the iPhone release that everybody has that type of smartphone. And it's kids younger and younger and younger oh are gosh. getting them. I know. Oh, yeah. Kindergartners now are getting phones. <laughs> it's right. crazy. My child's third birthday coming <laughs> right. up. Yeah. My Time daughter will not be getting a phone anytime soon. She's not even three. <laughs> I think our rule was... Um, middle school because they rode the bus in middle school that's the yeah but all of their friends had them and they did not love us at that moment when we would <laughs> yeah, not give them the phone <laughs> yeah but things are moving so quickly so we need to make sure that kids are prepared for those mm -hmm. changes as best we can i mean i saw this crazy statistic um not really related to technology but it is related to information which was and this is from carolyn psychroya in this article that was related to isti and she said npr estimates the entire body of medical knowledge, the entire wow. body of medical knowledge doubles every three to four years. That's crazy. That's insane. So <laughs> that means like conservatively in my lifetime, we have six times the medical knowledge from when I was born, like in, in totality. Right. Like my parents didn't know anything about medical technology, <laughs> medical procedures before I was born. That's, that means that is insane how fast information is growing. So you can't really wrap your head around it when it comes to a K-12 classroom, no. like what the kids are going to be engaged with and seeing mm -hmm. before they even graduate from freshman year or even, I mean, let alone K through 12th. I mean, think about the changes those right. kids are going to see in the Goodness. world, but ninth to 12th grade, just four years, double the medical knowledge. So anyway, we, we want to... We want to make sure that we're kind of talking about how ISTE is going to foster an innovation climate that, you know, allows us to move faster so that we have 
less relevance gaps between what we know and what we don't know. And I think they're, they do a good job of bridging that gap. Like I mm -hmm. said, they're, they're adapting their standards. So we want to make sure that, you know, as things are moving fast, we can keep up with it using technology. And I think if we leave that part out of our educational system, we're just, we're just not hitting the mark. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. With all that ISTE standard conversation out of the way, let's jump right into our dessert. For today's dessert, we're going to be playing the game of catchphrase. And since Mike and Kelly aren't as familiar with this game, you are going to get a random word that is generated from a list of approximately 60 words. And we are using an online word generator. It's actually randomwordgenerator.com. So fancy. We are fancy over here at EdTechBytes. Um, you may not use sounds like or any part of the word when you are trying to get the other person to say your words. So you will have 25 seconds to guess as many words as you can. So for example, if Mike is going first and his word is peanut, he can say anything he wants to get Kelly to say that as fast as he can without using sounds like or any part of the word. The goal is to get as many words as you can in 25 seconds. So you're playing as a team you will start first and you will guess Kelly and then Kelly, you will start and you will guess. So it is still a competition. We want to see who can get the most words, but you're going to have to play together as a team and help each other out. Does that make sense? It does. I'm trying to figure out which one I'd rather, because if I'm getting her to guess the word, I kind of want her to win because that means that kind of means I want, right? We both win. <laughs> we both win. We both win. So really, what? I can't lose. It's really lose. just a competition <laughs> to see who can get the most words Got it. in 25 seconds. So are you these, are going to work together. Are these all EdTech words? So within these words, there are Microsoft platforms, including specific features of those platforms. So it may not be the name of the platform. It may be the name of the platform. There are Google platforms. <laughs> there are ISTE domains. And there are also words, stop trying to come over here so you can see the words, you cheater. There are also <laughs> some of the different frameworks that we have worked through as we've been developing our SD course, our Empowering Students Through Innovation course. So it could be any one of those things. Does anybody have a question on what you're going to do? We're going to let ladies go first. So I'm going to now generate a word do I look? for Kelly. You're going to look here, Mike. Okay. You are not going not to looking. look. Okay, so Kelly, that is your word. After Mike guesses your word, I'm going to generate another word and you immediately look and keep going for 25 seconds. Okay. Here we go. Kelly knows her first word. Yes. On your mark, get set, go. <laughs> A cork board. People can put stuff on it. Idea board. Uh, cork board? It's a platform. Oh, uh, Wiglet. Close, but Tablet. not that. Yes. <laughs> Um, if you uh, make things, you can make them pretty. You Design can use Canva. Canva you can but it's a skill. Oh, uh, like create, like cre Photoshop, creative design. You're close. But Time. Just, dang it! That went quick. That twenty five <laughs> seconds. That one was creativity. 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 So Kelly Ooh, got it's one. It's hard not knowing which type it's a of skill. I told you. <laughs> she did tell you that, Mike. So, okay. Don't get that Because I'm about to give you some clues right now. <laughs> Are you ready? You're going to look down here for your word. Okay. And as soon as... Did I just see you try and cheat? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so as you look down there and she gets it, just go to the next one immediately. Yeah, hopefully we get more than one. Yep. Are we'll you see. ready? Here, let me get your first word ready for you so I can hit the button. 
I'm bad at games. Not this. Not that. Okay. Just not, the first part. I don't know why that's on there. On your mark, get set, go. It's a 21 century CLD skill that is involved with the, the, the area around us. The earth around us. Co co uh, authenticity? Keep going. It's a hyphenated one. Uh, global something? Uh, Communicator? What's another word for global? World? Yes. So what's the skill related? Collaborator? To, what's the skill related to world? <laughs> Entrepreneur. <laughs> 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 world world <laughs> I don't know why and innovation is there. That's not it. Okay. So, okay, so Mike I, got zero. I take back. So. Um, but we'll get more than one. <laughs> Should we set it for 45 seconds? Do you think that would be better? Because obviously we need a little more time. We'll, we'll get through five words total in an hour. All right, let's try a little bit. I'm going to give you a little more time. Obviously, you two are special. to me at all on that. <laughs> Global. She's like, world. All right. We're going to go ahead and bump it up to 45 seconds because it's taking a little bit longer than I had anticipated to get some of the words. We're killing so, this. So are we ready? Kelly, you're ready for oh, your sure. next word. Yep. Mike, don't look. Okay, on your mark, get set, go. Scheduling, appointments. We use it for bookings. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, you can search things on it. Google. Yeah. Uh, you can ask questions. Kids use it to ask cheat a lot. <laughs> ask GPT. No, it, for like you ask a question, it'll give you Siri. the answers. Moat. No, you just kind of search it on Google. You can search a question. This usually pops up voice? with answers. Voice recorder. Uh, similar to Kahoot. Similar to Kahoot. Threw me off. I wouldn't get this one either. <laughs> okay, pass. <laughs> we we have pass? a pass? <laughs> yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> okay, world. Real world. Problem solving. Um, Global. Communicator. Yes! What? <laughs> uh, you can build things. Time. It. All right. <laughs> Kelly got three. That other one was quizzes. Quizzes. <laughs> I don't know enough about quizzes. We yeah. used it when we were teaching. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> Did your voice get any higher? <laughs> All right. All right, Mike, are you ready? The score is four to zero. You do have four. Am I winning or You're losing? You're losing. <laughs> you got none last time. Four. Okay. No, Kelly got four. I she gave four. the good clues. I gave the best clues. Right, right. Okay. Sure you did. Are we ready? Here's your word. Any mark? Get that. Go. Also, a 21 CLD skill. It's when you work together. Collaborate. Yes. <laughs> also, a 21 CLD skill. It's the acronym one. At, at the very end. The last one. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you pass. pass. Okay. Um, Pinterest for it. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, it's the first ISTE standard. Um, it's about. Empowered learner. Oh. It's part of Empower... No, it's not. It's... Wow, oh, that's weird. Goal um, setting. Nope. Um, when you understand something, you are gaining... Knowledge? Yeah, so knowledge. Construction. Yeah. Uh, you try to get... Oh, this one. Quiz or a... Time. That was pretty good. That was, that was pretty what good. What was that? Three or four? I got that was better. We got stuck on... Um... I think it was three. Okay. Do you want to do one more each? Yeah, totally. Oh, sure. at least. On your on mark. Your... <laughs> on your... Wait a minute. I stopped the timer. I said you were to go. <laughs> I might just up. On your phone, it, it's Office 365, but on your phone, you can take pictures of stuff and it'll go to your OneDrive. Accessibility. Upload? Accessibility tool. <laughs> yeah, it's an accessibility oh. tool. Um, Office Lens. Yes. Oh, videos. Microsoft. Flip. 
No, really Microsoft. Like where? Yes. Um, <laughs> a binder, Microsoft. One note. Uh huh. But for teams, teams and and that's sure, book. Yes. <laughs> um, and and it's the standard about making things. Knowledge constructor. No, but oh, a, a designer. More, yes. Um, I'll give it to you. Go. Innovative designer. Um, Microsoft. Right. Oh. You got four. Hey, okay. one, yeah, that's two, three, that's four. pretty good. All right, the score is seven to three. Mike is losing, but it is your turn I now. I don't understand how I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> Doing because so well. You only score points when you're giving the clues. Uh, okay. <laughs> you are doing very well, though, guessing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Way better than me. <laughs> okay, are this you ready? Our, this is our chance. On your mark, get set, go. Okay, clocks are analog or digital? Digital, and then you're a part of the world, so you're a communicator? Digital. Collaborator? Co I'm a world. <laughs> if I live in this country, I'm, I'm a citizen. Digital. Citizen. Digital. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, where we do all our work at work? Online. Office. Um, My, online. Uh, Microsoft? Uh, 365. Uh, where's the big Wonder. platform where you talk to people and have Teams. channels? There you go. Um, the platform that you hate for building presentations. Oh, that's on PowerPoint. <laughs> Sway. There you go. Uh, it's a quiz game online. You, yes. Um, you work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we don't use this that often, but it's really cool. You can. Um, it's a fruit. Uh, Pear Deck. Time. Yes. Well, no, we she it. got it in time. <laughs> that's four points. Oh, it's a tie. We that you know what that means. We have to go to one more round each. Tiebreaker. Mm, but like again, I want to get these right. I know. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to give the clues, and whoever guesses the word gets a point Ooh, for this last oh, round? Yeah, change it up a little. Okay, All I'm, right. I'm over so here you go. You guys can keep track of the score. I'm not guaranteeing that I will be good at this, but. All right. Are you ready? Go. These are what we are supporting in schools. They hang on the walls. Interactive monitor. Yes. Um, this is where we house our technology resources online. SharePoint. SharePoint. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Microsoft Blank. It's unlimited. You can add sticky notes. You can write on Whiteboard. it. Yeah. This is where our pacing guide is created. Kate is Canva. an ambassador. Kate is an ambassador. Genially. Yes. What? <laughs> um, this is Microsoft Blank. It has the class notebook. What is the platform? OneNote. Yes. Dang. This is our favorite design platform. Canva. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> this is a um, where you can make a list on Microsoft. It's a platform we don't use very often. Claire. No, close. Yes. Oh, Kelly's dominating. Time. Good I job. I like a couple because it was repeating. <laughs> you know, you're right. The scorekeeping really does uh It makes a difference. Loop. Yeah. <laughs> and then watching your watch and everything else. Does. No, Kelly did great. So Kelly, job, Kelly is the main Came winner. Came back at the end. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so we would love for you to play along with the hashtag DCPS catchphrase and tell us your favorite platform and what clues you would give to get your friends to guess it in record time. Thanks for joining us today for our first episode of season two of EdTech Bytes. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DCPS EdTech Bytes to keep the conversation going. Until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Kelly. And I'm Kim. Thank you so much for listening to EdTech Bytes. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>